Hey boys and girls, welcome to the best podcast in the history of mankind. It's Monty's Rockcast. And now here's your host, Monty Calvin. Hey, 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 it's Monty, and I am back with another Rockcast. Like it or not, and I don't. You know, I could talk about the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I know that's not why you download this podcast. You want to hear some rock talk, some cool tunes. You want to hear me answer some questions and uh, read some top ten lists. I don't. Uh, Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure why you listen, but I'm pretty sure it's not to hear my political views. So I will spare you that uh, for now. I might get to that at the end of the show. But I'm going to start things out with a trivia question for all you Galactic Cowboy fans. And I know a lot of you guys out there think you know everything there is to know about the band. But I'm betting that you don't. And the question is, can you name all the drummers who have played with Galactic Cowboys either on an album or live in the history of the band? I'll give you a little time to think it over. Or you can just pause this. Have you got it? No? Alright, well I'll give you a hint. There were four. Alright, well I can't wait all day for you, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Obviously, you know, Alan Doss is the main drummer for Galactic Cowboys all these years. But Alan was unable to do the At the End of the Day tour with us, so we got a guy named Eric Tatawaka. And he played with us on that tour, but that was it. Now, the third guy was Jerry Gaskell from King's X. When we got ready to do the Let It Go album, uh, Alan had already quit the band, and so we got Jerry to uh, play on that album. And so that's three, but who's the fourth? I have no idea. Well, during that period where we didn't have Alan anymore, we had one show to do in Germany. And we were like, what are we going to do for a drummer? And I thought of this guy that I had met while on the road named David Smith. He was from Atlanta, and he was a super talented musician. He played guitar and bass and drums. He could do just about anything. And so I gave him a call and I said, would you be able to fill in for this one gig? And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And so he met us in Houston and we flew to Germany. And I don't think we even practiced. Uh, We just got on stage and played the set and uh, pulled it off. But there you go. There's your trivia question. Let me know if somehow you got that right. But David Smith was the fourth guy, and uh, David and I are still friends. And he's still out there rocking, and uh, he also listens to the Rockcast. And the other day, he sent me a message, and he said, Hey, I love the last podcast. Uh, I like that list of live shows you've seen. But the thing that really surprised me is I couldn't believe you've never seen Striper. What the hell? Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. And trust me, I would have loved to have seen them in their bee costumes. But I'll tell you what I told David. I never went to see Striper because uh, I thought there was always that possibility that I might get my eye poked out by a flying Bible. Good Lord! 
And so I just didn't want to take the chance. But I don't even know if they still do that. Uh, do they still throw the Bibles? I have no clue. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know. God should send you to hell. Okay, I've got another email here, and it's two things in one. It's a top ten list, but it's also a bunch of questions. And it's from who else? Jimmy G in Chicago. Hit the music. He's from Chicago. He's a champion. He's got some questions for a top ten. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Oh, yeah, it's always great to hear from Jimmy G. He did win the Top 10 Championship one year, and he always sends me great stuff. And this time, Jimmy has sent me a Top 10 list of random thoughts. Let's see what he's got. And number 10 is, we're quarantined here in Illinois, and I am binge-listening the entire catalog of certain bands. Today is Genesis. So, hey, Monty, have you ever had a day where you listen to a band's entire catalog? Fascinating question, really, isn't it? Uh, I don't really remember ever doing that. Usually the most I'll do is just back-to-back albums by a particular artist. And it's because I usually get bored really fast of one thing. But if a band, like, only had two albums in their catalog, uh, yeah, I might do that. You know what? That would be boring. Random thought number nine from Jimmy is, Monty, you're a musician, and I know you have some musical heroes. You're also a painter with an art degree. Do you have any artist heroes? Uh, yeah, I actually do. Uh, one is Egon Schiele. He was a German expressionist. And I loved a lot of his drawings. Uh, He also painted, but uh, he would always kind of distort things, and I loved that. And it was really wild because uh, we were in England playing a show one time, and we were there for a couple of days, and I was walking around London, and I happened to walk by this art gallery. And I looked at the sign on the door, and it said, Egon Schiele Exhibit. And I went in, and there was all these works of art that I had studied when I was in college, and it was just amazing. And it was crazy because uh, usually things don't work out that way for me. You know, where I just happen to be in the right place at the right time, yeah, that almost never happens to me. But anyway, another artist that I really like is Wayne Tebaugh. He's what I would consider kind of a pop artist. Very colorful stuff, and I've been highly influenced by him also. Good, tell it to somebody who cares. Number eight on Jimmy's list is also related to art. He says, uh, Monty, you're a musician that also happens to be a painter. But guess who else is? John Cougar Mellencamp, David Bowie, Ronnie Wood, Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin, Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, and Johnny Cash. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, I know Paul Stanley from KISS does paintings and sells them. And I'm sure being that well known really helps. Now, I did not know that Stevie Nicks was a painter, but uh, I did know that Ronnie Woods uh, does some painting and he is really good. I've seen some of his stuff and uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Let's see, number seven is, uh, have you seen the Madonna bathtub video where she says the COVID is a great equalizer? Oh yeah, I think I mentioned it on the last episode, but uh, just really sickening. 
All these Hollywood celebrities want to act like they've really got it tough because they're stuck in their mansions. It just makes me hate them even more than I already did. They suck! Random thought number six is uh, he's thinking about collections. Jimmy says, I started collecting pictures of famous musicians with bass guitars who aren't known as bass players. For example, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Elton John, and Rick Nielsen, all with bass guitars. It's kind of nerdy, eh? Well, no, no, not nerdy at all, Jimmy. (coughs) What a geek! Uh, Jimmy continues on, uh, I do all this because I think playing bass is way cool. But hey, Monty, do you think playing bass is way cooler than playing guitar? Hmm, well, you know, I think it is, Jimmy. I think the bass is really cool. But as a general rule, no. Uh, You know, uh, most bass players hang out in the back and don't get to be in the videos. And as a bass player, uh, to get noticed at all, you've almost got to do something kind of over the top. Like have a really bombastic bass tone or uh, move around the stage like a maniac. Some of you may be able to figure out who that is. Jimmy also wants to know if I collect anything. Uh, yeah, I collect, uh, sports action figures. I don't buy as many as I used to, but I've got hundreds of those things. And the other thing I collect are photos of my wife. And I've kind of turned her into my own personal model, and I've got literally thousands of pictures of her in various outfits. And I spend a lot of time just editing the photos, and it's just a really fun hobby. And of course, you know, I am an artist, Uh, I'm a painter, and uh, this is just another way to express myself artistically. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, It's artistic expression. Uh, It's an art form. You're, You're a sick freak! Number five on Jimmy's list is when I was a teenager, I had a metal band and we would buy cassette tapes of all the other local bands' original music. These cassettes were a status symbol normally recorded in a studio and they made even a bad band sound good. So, hey, Monty, did you have a collection of local bands' music when you were a teenager? Uh, you know, not really, because where I went to high school, there was only really one rock band. They were friends of mine and uh, they're kind of the reason why I started playing. The following story is remarkable. When I was in high school, I played basketball. And one day during basketball practice, I was running laps through the halls and I passed by the auditorium and heard this huge noise coming out of there. And I stopped and opened the door and I looked in there and there they were. And they were jamming out and they looked so cool and I just thought, wow, I didn't know that normal people could do that. And I went home and I said to my dad, hey, uh, you remember you told me uh, you'd buy me a guitar if I wanted to learn? And he said, yeah, and sure enough, he uh, took me and bought me a guitar. And from then on, it was just years of frustration trying to learn that damn thing. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's an incredible story. Random thought number four from Jimmy G is one more thing about playing live in the 80s. Bar owners weren't all that concerned with how old you were. We'd play bars during the week, finish up around 3 a.m., get a couple hours sleep, and then go catch the bus to go to school the next morning. So, hey, Monty, did you ever get any gigs playing bars as a teenager? And did you ever meet any girls as a teenage musician? 
Uh, no, when I was in high school, I was just kind of a nerdy jock. I was still learning how to play guitar when I was a teenager, and uh, I wouldn't get into a band until I was in my 20s. But to be totally honest, the reason why I started playing guitar in the first place was to meet teenage girls. What did you just say? And uh, <clears throat> I realize as I said that, uh, coming from a 61-year-old man, uh, that sounds kind of wrong. So I better just move on right now. It's creepy. Number three, Jimmy is thinking about sports. Apparently all sports have been canceled. NBA, NHL, baseball. We know you're a big baseball and basketball fan, so Monty, have you resorted to watching replays of historic games? Inquiring minds want to know! Uh, you know, I've watched a little bit, but really not that much. And I've actually been kind of surprised. I haven't really missed sports that much at all. I've missed watching the Kansas City Royals, but uh, the NBA, no. And I rarely even turn on ESPN anymore because all they do is talk about Tom Brady and LeBron James. But one day during the lockdown, I finally went, ah, what the heck, I'll see what's going on. Turn it on, and there they are talking about Tom Brady. So I just turned it off and haven't turned it on since. I'm not down with that. Jimmy's random thought number two is stickers on his base case. He says, when I was a kid, I always wanted all kinds of cool band stickers on it and make it kind of a piece of art, one of a kind. And now I even have a crunchy sticker proudly displayed on the case. So, hey, Monty, have you ever turned one of your guitar cases into a piece of sticker art? Uh, well, I never completely covered them, but I do have a few on there. And they were usually like backstage passes and stuff like that. Like I've got a uh, Dream Theater sticker on one of them. But my bases, yes, I have covered a couple of those in stickers. And a funny story about that. One time I sold one of my bases that had the stickers on it. And the guy that bought it took all the stickers off and polished it up and made it all nice and shiny. But then he tried to turn around and sell it, and he was telling people that it used to be my base, but they didn't believe him because it didn't have the stickers on it. <laughs> so sometimes it's just best to leave things alone. But uh, that uh, takes us to number one. And Jimmy is thinking about working from home. He says like many people, he's had to work from home through this whole virus thing to avoid the spread. And Jimmy asks, Hey, Monty, have you written a lot of cool tunes during this time? Have you been inspired to write a song called The Spread and share your opinion and current state of our hunkered-down-at-home society? Uh, no, Jimmy G. Actually, I haven't written any songs uh, here lately because I've been working on my paintings. And I know some people just look at that like I'm goofing off or something. For instance, I had one guy say, uh, oh, you're working on your paintings. Well, you know, at least you're uh, finding a way to kill some time. And I was like, uh, no, I'm actually doing it to make money, and uh, that's how I'm paying my bills right now. And if you'd like to buy one, either message me or uh, go to my website, montycolvinart.com. Your money will go to a good cause, uh, keeping me alive. And recently, I just put up a Dave Grohl painting that's really cool. I've also got an awesome Billy Gibbons painting on there. And as of right now, that Eddie Van Halen painting is still available. Sorry, I'm not buying it. 
But anyway, thanks to Jimmy G for that killer list. Once again, great as always. Something's wrong with that guy. Let's see what's next. Uh, Okay, I got another email here from Alan Black in Ireland. And he says he always looks forward to new episodes, and he really liked the last episode where I played that uh, song by Outhouse. And they reminded him of a band called Paw, P-A-W, and uh, he wondered if I had ever heard of them. Uh, Yeah, I have heard of them, Alan. Uh, I bought their album Dragline back in the 90s. I think they were from around this area where I live. I think uh, it was Lawrence, Kansas, maybe. And they were in that whole grunge scene, and uh, I saw a video of them on MTV for a song called Jesse. Not Jesse's girl, but Jesse. Uh, it was about a dog. And I liked that song a lot, so I went and got the album, uh, but that was the only song I liked on the album. But it was a cool tune. Uh, see if you remember this. So that was Paw, and another band that uh, originated around this Kansas City area was Puddle of Mud. And when I moved back to Missouri in the late 90s, uh, Puddle of Mud was playing clubs around Kansas City. And the story that I heard was that their singer, Wes Scandlin, I think that's his name, he gave a demo tape to Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. And Fred was like, well, I like the songs a lot, but uh, why don't you get rid of the band and move out to L.A.? 
And he did, and he got signed, and uh, they eventually had a band around him, and he ended up having a couple of hit songs, and the rest is history. Or so we thought. Because apparently these days he's making a new kind of history. And it's not good. And some of you may already have heard this or seen the video, but I can't resist. Yeah, okay, so apparently the deal was is Puddle of Mud went on this satellite radio show to do that cover of a Nirvana song. And since they've always sounded kind of like Nirvana anyway, you would have thought they would have nailed it. But for whatever reason, it was just a complete train wreck and it was on video and everything. And it went viral, and I would feel really sorry for the guy, which I kind of do anyway. But the thing I don't understand is how does this happen? Like, if they had a show the night before, uh, why don't you just tell them, hey, my voice is shot? Or maybe somebody in your band says, hey, Wes, uh, this song is too high for you. But apparently none of that happened, and so this happened. Alright, I'm going to spare us uh, from hearing any more of that, and I'm really not trying to make fun of the guy, because that had to be really embarrassing, but on the other hand, maybe this is just kind of payback for all those times I had to hear, she hates me, and whatever that other one was, where he was like, "Uh, I like the way she smacks my ass. Oh God! Yeah, I hated that song. So come to think of it, Puddle of Mud, this is payback for all the years of abuse you've given me. They deserve it. However, I gotta say, uh, I loved that song they did called Blurry. They did it years ago, and they had a video for it. And it was about a guy having his kid taken away from him. And uh, besides just having a great melody, uh, I could totally relate. And every time I'd hear the song or see the video, I'd get kind of choked up. And I've talked to several of you guys over the years who have been in similar situations where you got screwed over by your ex or by the system. And I'll tell you, it sucks.
things going now with another question and this one comes from paul lloyd in the uk and paul is a musician and he's got a band and he says hey monty our new album is finished artwork and everything is done i've been told that the music industry is on its knees right now and i'm not sure if we should wait probably for a long time for a label or just go ahead and release it independently We're bursting to get it out there. What would you do? Well, I kind of understand how you feel, Paul, because back in 1990, uh, we recorded the first Galactic Cowboys album, and we were signed to Geffen, but uh, they wanted to wait to put it out until the new Guns N' Roses came out. And they made us wait over a year, and we were just losing our minds because we just couldn't wait to put the thing out and have everyone hear it. And so I get that, but uh, that was a long time ago, back when labels would sign bands for big money. And they don't really do that anymore. The only way you're really going to get an advance is if you have some kind of history. And that's kind of how we got signed this last time to do this last record with Mascot. They signed us and gave us some money to do an album because they knew we had a fan base. Unfortunately, after we recorded the album for them, uh, they just took it and didn't really do much and let it die. And so it didn't really work out that well for us, and we actually have somewhat of a following. And so the question is, if you're a band that no one's really heard of yet, do you even need a label these days? So let's break it down. What is it that a label is going to do for you? Like I said, they're not giving out big advances anymore, so the most you're going to get is probably 10 grand. 
That could help a little bit with the recording of the album, but in Paul's case, they've already got it recorded, so you don't need a label for that. Another thing to consider is marketing. A lot of times labels can get you a lot of press, uh, they can get your name out there, open up a lot of opportunities for you. Then again, with the internet, you can do a lot of that stuff yourself. You can promote your band on Facebook and social media and uh, make a video and put it on YouTube. But the biggest question of all is, are you planning on touring? Labels can sometimes give you tour support. But if you've got a family or a job and you're not going to tour, then there's really no need for a label for that. And unfortunately, the only real way to make any money in the music business anymore is by touring. You got to hit the road and sell t-shirts and merchandise and some CDs. But otherwise, the music is pretty much worthless monetarily. I think for a lot of bands these days, the only reason they make CDs is uh, to have a good excuse to tour. But sadly, there may not be anybody doing any shows for a long time. Who knows? So if it were me, Paul, uh, I don't think I'd really worry about a label right now. I think I might either put it out there myself or maybe just throw a couple of singles out there and see if you can get a buzz going. I think I'd definitely do a couple of cheap videos and put them on YouTube and let people see what you look like and get some attention that way. But for sure, have the band get a Facebook page and make yourself a website. And basically, just let people hear your music and have some fun with it. I know that doesn't sound like the real dream scenario, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way it is these days. You know what? That's enough. This is depressing. Okay, here's an interesting email that I got from Jamie Roller, and he has apparently forwarded me a question from Jeffrey Epstein in The Great Beyond. And Jeffrey says, Hey, Monty, are you aware that your old website, MontyCalvin.com, sends you to a Hillary Clinton page? Is she cashing in on your fame, or are you afraid she will suicide you? Well, thanks for forwarding that to me, Jamie. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, As far as Jeffrey's question, uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there with Hillary, but uh, I do know that I never owned the name MontyCalvin.com. When I first tried to get a domain name years ago, uh, the name MontyCalvin.com was already taken by somebody. And some of you may remember that my first website was actually called Crunchyland.com. And it was going to be to promote my Crunchy albums, but uh, I couldn't even get Crunchy.com. It was taken by some nudist website. Nice. So no matter what I've ever tried to do with a website, I always get people contacting me going, Hey, it took me to a nudist site or uh, took me to Hillary Clinton. But I never had anything to do with any of those. I now have MontyCalvin.net, which as far as I know, just takes you to my website. But I've actually got three now. I've got one for the art, which is MontyCalvinArt.com. I've got one for the podcast, which is Monty'sRockCast.com. And then I've got the .net, which is just from my music and me in general. But that's the deal with that, Mr. Jeffrey Epstein from The Great Beyond. Uh, Thanks for your question. And best wishes in hell. Now, Jamie Roller also sent me a top ten list. And this is his top ten crunchy songs about social distancing. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. All right. Well, this is very, very timely. 
Because as we all know, it is very, very important right now to stay as far away from everyone as possible. And what better way to keep people away from you than to play them a crunchy song? I completely agree! Yeah, you know, and it's surprising to me because I had no idea when I wrote these songs that they would have such significance in 2020. But apparently they do, and at number 10 on Jamie's list, it's the song Love Coming Out of Our Ears. And Jamie says it applies to social distancing because of my prophetic mention of Donald Trump. Oh yeah, I did mention the Donald all the way back around 2000, and uh, I also referenced Fred Durst, who I mentioned earlier in the show. Other crunchy songs that have to do with social distancing, according to Jamie. Number nine, guess what? Number eight, The Outcasts. Number seven is Everything Breaks Down. Oh my God, isn't that the truth? Number six is Hard Goodbyes. Number five is Loserville. Oh yeah, I think we're all living there right now. Uh, Number four is Watching the Clock. Yeah, as in, I can't wait till this is over. Uh, Number three is The Underground. Number two is Missile Silo, which, you know, for all those people who are afraid to leave their houses, uh, you know, it might be a great place to live. But number one on Jamie Roller's list of crunchy songs about social distancing, If Only. 
So thanks to Jamie for that top 10, but I also got some other emails and messages from other RockCast listeners. And here's one from Jim Lambert on Facebook. He says, hey, Monty, thanks for another great RockCast. It was awesome. I love the breakdown you did of No Problems. It's one of my top 10 GC songs of all time. What does it for me is the ebb and flow of negative themes in the verses in minor keys to the reality of a positive reflection in a major key. The way you go from the end of the chorus, which is in a major key, back to the minor guitar riff, maintaining the same vocal harmonies is absolutely beautiful. Wow, well that is a mouthful, Jim. But I get what you're saying about going from the major to minor keys, even though I've never really thought about it that much. That's stuff that we did all the time and still do, but, uh, you know, I I never really consciously thought about it. It was always just something that was very natural. I've always liked putting dark moods with happy moods. And strangely enough, I still do that even uh, in my podcasts or my paintings. I like taking dark subjects and frustration, pain and whatever and mixing it with humor and color and fun. In a word, disturbing as all hell. I don't know. Maybe I've just got some issues that my music and art help me deal with. Does anyone else think that this is like really messed up? Uh, In other feedback that I got on previous shows, I had several people uh, let me know that they liked the songs that I played by the Hell Freaks. And that actually kind of surprised me because I didn't know if anybody would like that stuff but me. But apparently some of you did. And uh, I actually liked the new Hell Freaks album so much that I ordered a t-shirt from them. And by the time I paid all the shipping costs and everything, it was like $33. But I thought, oh well, you know, it's nice to support smaller bands that haven't really made it yet. And so a couple of weeks had gone by and I kind of forgot about it. But one day I get this package in the mail and it's from Hungary. And I look at it and I go, hmm, I wonder what this is. And so I open it up and I'm like, oh, it's my Hell Freaks t-shirt. And I looked in the package and there was also a sticker in there. And there was a photo of the band that they'd all autographed. And it also had a postcard in there which had a picture of their singer, Shaky Sue. And not only was the photo of her almost pornographic, which was totally awesome, she also signed it. And as if the free porn wasn't enough, she also wrote me a personal message on the back of the card. And it says, Dear Monty, thank you so much for your support. I'm sure you'll look awesome in your new shirt. XX Shaky Sue. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not sure what the XX means, but uh, I got a feeling it's something dirty. Yeah, no. Well, I'm married, Shaky Sue, but I do appreciate the way you treat your fans. And so just for that, I'm going to play another song by the Hell Freaks. This is Adrenalized.
got a couple things here from Rockcast listener Raymond Bailey. First, he wants to make me choose between Paul McCartney with the Beatles or Paul McCartney with Wings. Well, I'm going to have to go Paul McCartney with the Beatles. He did a lot of great stuff with Wings and uh, just made some amazing songs and music, but it's hard to ever go against the Beatles because that was just magical. So yeah, I'll go with the Beatles on that, but how about Frampton Comes Alive or Wings Over America, two cool live albums? Well, on that one, I'm going to go with Frampton Comes Alive for sentimental reasons. That was just one of those albums that I heard in high school, and I just loved every single song on it, except maybe Doobie Wah. I didn't care much for that one, but uh, the rest of the album, I just wore it out. True that. Yeah, you did. Uh, Let's see. Raymond also had a question for me. He said, hey, Monty, when you do your paintings of musicians, do you ever listen to their music while you paint to channel a certain feeling or mood for that piece of art? Well, that's an interesting question, Raymond. You know, when I'm painting, I'm usually thinking about lines and shapes and colors and stuff like that. And the thing is, with these rock star paintings, I don't even have to be a huge fan of their music to go ahead and just paint them. It's like somebody the other day said, "Uh, why'd you do another painting of Dave Grohl? And I said, well, because the first two I did of him both sold. Ah... So no, I don't have to listen to their music while I'm doing a painting of them. I'll just put something on that I like listening to. Like, uh, most of the time, it's uh, political podcasts. I like to stay informed as to what's going on in the world, and I'm sure not going to get the truth from uh, the nightly news or CNN. And without getting carried away into a political rant, I'm pretty sickened by what's going on right now. We've been told to stay in our houses and be very, very afraid, and it's done nothing but destroy our economy. And now the experts are telling us that it needs to keep going on and on. Like that one doctor that's literally been wrong about everything so far. Uh, I can't think of his name. Fauci. Uh, I think it's Fauci or something like that. Yes. Why are we still listening to this guy? Back in February, he said that there was nothing to worry about. But now if anybody even suggests that we open things up and go back to work, he's like, oh no, I wouldn't do that. This is some deadly serious shit. And it's gotten to the point where I don't think this has anything to do with saving lives. It's got to do with control. 
And as long as we stay locked in our houses and do what we're told, the powers that be will tell us that we're good little boys and girls and we're flattening the curve. Whatever that means. Yeah, it's a sad time when you're considered an idiot for just wanting your freedom back. And we're told to sit back and do nothing while we wait for Bill Gates to show up with a vaccine he can stick in our asses. And in the meantime, while we're locked down, we watch the world collapse around us. Oh, but I'm a moron because I want to go outside again and watch the economy open back up. Well, you can call me what you want, but what I am is pissed off. 26 million people unemployed so far because of a virus? Seriously? So, I wish I could end this episode on more of a positive note, but this just sucks and it's put me in a mood. So I'm going to end the show with a heavy song by Hatebreed called Destroy Everything, which is kind of what the government and China and these so-called health experts are doing to us right now. But hopefully I'll be back soon with another episode, uh, you know, unless my electricity or internet gets cut off. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care Uh, You know, and wash your hands for the love of God and cover your entire body in Perel. And by all means, uh, don't let anyone tell you what to like. Unless it's me. And... Rock on. A new life begins! Don't forget